I'm good. It's June 8th, 2017, episode 4, season 8, Soybean Pest Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks. Came back from the North Central Branch of the ESA meeting in Indianapolis. Came back yesterday? Came back last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was a great location to have a meeting. They have a lot of fun right. architecture in the conference center and just around a lot of statues and things like that. So, yeah, it was fun. For our listeners who who can see through the airways, I'm smiling because I noticed you grabbed another pen. Well, I like to take I like to take some notes, and you never bring a pen, and you always take my I pen. Yeah. So yeah, I did. Yeah, and and I noticed that I have your blue pen, and you have your pink pen. Well, you took my blue pen, so I just grabbed another pen. It's not gender I know. A thing. I just I <laughs> just think that was funny, and I mm-hmm. apologize, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good location and uh, interesting meeting. Any interesting science? Of course, there's uh, a lot of applied entomology that goes on at that oh, yeah. meeting. So a lot of uh, corn and inse- uh, corn and soybean pests. A lot of research on that. Um, there was some biocontrol talks. I think you were part of organizing, so that w- worked uh, pretty well. Okay. Um, some good posters, really nice posters by students, and then other people they was doing a good any, job of making posters yeah was there any late breaking or interesting result that was presented that you caught your eye uh, there's you? a student Mateus from Nebraska who's doing a soybean seed treatment oh yeah uh, a leaf dip bioassay and he basically agreed with Brian McCornack you and others over time that three weeks after planting, the efficacy or the killing power of neonics fades dramatically fast. Good that we nailed that down. Yeah, I think it was worth doing one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and best of luck to somebody out there who's doing it again. Yep. Um, yeah, so we should announce uh, we had a handful of students that went. One yeah. of them came back with an award. Two people did. Two. Oh, yeah. Ga Zhang, yeah. your PhD student, got third well, place. I, I think co-advised by me and Amy Todd. Okay. But anyway, he yeah. got uh, third place in the poster competition. I'm sorry, the paper competition for uh-huh. PhDs, and I I never get it right. I'm going to say it wrong again. Teresa, later. Teresa. Teresa. Also, she Teresa. also yeah. got third place in a poster competition. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was Gus first. 10-minute oral presentation, so happy that... English uh, isn't easy. I can't imagine oh, going from Chinese yeah, to English, so yeah. big props to him. Yeah. Um, anything else from the branch meeting? Um, I'm, I'm the incoming secretary-treasurer, so oh now I feel like the weight of North Central Branch is on my shoulders as far as keeping the boat afloat. Next meeting is in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In March. Year. March. Yep. Oh, thank God for global warming. Can be easier to drive to. Um, yeah. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, Thanks. Missed you while you were gone. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, did some field work and got our bees out for our bee project that started this week. And uh, probably the top item to talk about is the occurrence of soybean aphids. Yeah. They're back in Iowa. Yeah. They made it another winter. Surprise, surprise. That's about 17 in a row now. Um, yeah, the field agronomist in northeast Iowa, Brian Lang, 
is great. He is a great friend of entomology. He has, you know, extensive knowledge in all kinds of pests, beneficials, friend everything. Friend of entomology. He's I mean, a he's, foe. He's, no, he's a F-O-E, friend. F-O-E, friend of entomology. Yeah, I mean, he's not a trained entomologist by, you know, academia academic standards but um he is very knowledgeable one of the most knowledgeable agronomists that we have and mm. one of the things that he's been doing every year since two, basically 2000 2001 is scouting for soybean aphids in, in early vegetative soybean and he's been able to track this over a decade and he's usually the first person that i know of every year in iowa to find soybean aphid and i think every year he's been able to find aphids the first week of june and he's done that again <laughs> so he's found uh, a hand, you know he, he has a couple of fields that he scouts for different things including soybean avid and he sent a sent a report to me that said he found a handful of plants that were infested and so he saw alates or the winged versions um, and then he also found a few small colonies mostly nymphs that were being tended by ants so that's it's a real good it's an easy visual cue is to look for ants on yeah. early vegetative yeah. soybean and um that is what not a sign of any potent you know outbreak or you know quite apocalypse normal. This no is it's quite normal perfectly healthy perfectly normal mm-hmm. don't panic no no certainly don't panic i mean this happens every year you have the aphids that are moving from their primary host buckthorn to their secondary host soybean and and so this happens every year and uh, we just wait and see now. Yeah. It's been interesting because we, uh, I know Greg, um, technician, took a crew of students up on Wednesday to Nashua up in the n- more northwest corner, or northeast corner. Uh, not right on top of Brian, but, but near there. And he said there uh, several plots, the beans still weren't up. Right. So it's, it's going to be an interesting year, I think, because we're going to see, you know, Stuff has stayed in the ground a little bit, you know, longer than maybe usual. Maybe mm-hmm. ground's a little bit cooler, and so the development maybe not be as the same as last year. Um, yeah, and in some even areas, even though we're on track for similar planting, mm-hmm. I, I think in some areas it rained quite a bit early in the season, and then got it kind of the faucet turned off. And yeah. so I saw a couple of photos from a couple, from friends, especially on Twitter, that basically there's a crust on top of the soil now and so oh. it's hard for the cotyledons to break through the soil and so you have kind of like this these crusting issues which yeah. you know nothing to do with with insects but it does make for kind of a stress plant coming out of the ground yeah i think i remember our agronomist telling me that the best way to deal with that is to kind of lightly cultivate mm-hmm. and I, that can be tricky because you don't want to pull up and destroy what's already been planted especially yeah. if you can't see the rows so. right that might be adding yeah. on top of everything else. But anyway, um, we've seen aphids, business as usual, and we're into our season now. We're what we'll try to broadcast every week and give updates. And that's uh, the goal. From there, um, any other pest issues or stuff that came up? Yeah, I mean, when we last spoke, well, it was a week ago, we we talked a bit about black cutworm and armyworm, and I'm continuing to get those reports of early vegetative corn and soybean that's being minorly defoliated by these two caterpillars. Mm -hmm. And then also hearing in more of the southwestern and southeastern parts of the state about bean leaf beetle and slugs. So Slugs. mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Slugs. 
in corn, beans, so, both? Soybean. Soybean. Mm -hmm. Interesting. We talked about slugs last time. Yeah. I was going to talk about slugs uh, today. Great. What's going on? Um, well, this is interesting. Um, a buddy of ours, John Tooker at Penn State University, uh, was uh, interviewed by Nathaniel Johnson of The Grist. He didn't give a very favorable description of Dr. Tooker. Yeah, I shared this on Facebook. I think I shared it with you and a couple other people. Um, so I, I didn't know what The Grist was. It's a website, kind of a, a magazine, and it was founded in 1999. And quote, this is their quote of themselves, Grist is a beacon in the smog, an independent, irreverent news outlet and network of innovators working towards a planet that doesn't burn and a future that doesn't suck. Oh, yeah. I want to live in that planet. Yeah. 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 I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. um, their mantra is, don't freak out, figure it out. I, is, it, is that a trademark? Can we change <laughs> the, our byline of our podcast? <laughs> Maybe that'll, that'll be our title for okay. today. Don't freak out. Um, so it, it's interesting to keep that in mind because the article that was the interview of, uh, with John Tooker is a little irreverent, and their descriptions, although accurate, um, were not always flattering. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just read from it. Uh, never met the entomologist John Tooker before he opened his door at Penn State where I was giving a lecture this April, and he invited me into his office. Quote, Tooker is tall, lean, and balding, with expressive black eyebrows and ears that stick out from his skull. Aww. Yeah, that's the part I didn't really care for. Why go with the verbal or, uh, like, literal description? Yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess he said lean, but... Yeah, but, hey, he's got expressive black eyebrows, and you can't take that away from him <laughs> unless you use a razor blade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in it, they uh, discuss John's paper in 2015 that... Um, actually, two papers, uh, but... They discussed the work that he and his uh, former student, uh, Maggie Douglas, did uh, revolving around the use of neonicotinoids as seed treatments and their situation in Pennsylvania where the overuse or repeated use of seed-treated crops uh, reduced the population of beneficial ground beetles that would feed on slugs. Mm -hmm. And the resulting outbreak of slugs that occurred when that biocontrol agent was gone. Um, it's interesting because most of the article, well, the title of the article is Slugging It Out with a New Contender in the GMO Debate. I, they spent a lot of time talking about GMOs and the consequences of using GMOs. And I think, well, you read it. I, th I think the author is um, skeptical of people who are anti-GMO and is uh, sort of exploring the arguments that people who are against the use of GMOs use to sort of support their cause. And um, he comes away, um, I think, better informed. Yeah. And that's, that's the author saying that. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe a little with greater insight into how complex issues of, you know, GMO use, pesticide use are uh, when it comes to, you know, crop production and preserving environmental quality. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and we can put a link of the article yeah. that they interviewed John, and we can put that on, 
on our website. Yeah, so uh, interesting that you're getting phone calls about slugs because that was, mm-hmm. again, kind of the big, one of the big issues that came up in that in, in John's work and then yeah. in this article. So are these are these slug reports coming throughout the state of Iowa? No, just a few where where uh, an agronomist, Megan Anderson, was trying to decide if it was caterpillar or slug feeding. Mm. And so we went back and forth a bit with some photos and, mm-hmm. and, and description of the injury, and we both kind of came up to a, a similar response that we thought it was slugs. Yeah, kind of so, that streaky look of the damage. Well, the, the plants are very small, so oh. it was s- some injury below ground, which oh. made me think slugs, but then also on the cotyledons. She described it as kind of like ice cream scoops that had been taken out. Instead yeah, of like yeah, more like yeah, yeah. Right, army worms aren't really like yeah, delicate yeah. feeders. So I that's why I was thinking some of the in feeding injury was going on below ground as the cotyledons mm-hmm. were, were coming up, and so that you're but you're seeing that above ground. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean it was very isolated, but whenever there's cool wet soils, seeds are sitting in the ground for a long time. You have high residue. That's when I think about slugs starting to pop up in people's scouting efforts. Well, if it's any consolation, uh, the weather forecast for the rest of Iowa for the next week or so is hot and dry. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, not a, I think the most significant chance for rain is next Wednesday. Um, so Get those crops growing. Might dry well, out enjoy the conditions heat for those slugs. but Because mm-hmm. what else is there to do when you have a slug outbreak or you have you're shaking your head no. <laughs> I mean, like a slug aside or an insecticide, I think, are not feasible. Yeah. So rescue treatments to me are very limited. So if there's actual stand loss, you have to consider a replant. And it's getting to the point where yeah. would you replant? I mean, I mean, if you had corn, you you could maybe switch. But yeah. the, the odds of making a profitable decision as you go into this part of the growing season, I, I mean, I, you'd have to ask more of the experts. But, yeah, I don't know. When I is an point? agronomist yeah. or mm-hmm. uh, CCA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, hey, are we good? Did we cover all the, the stuff that we wanted to talk about? Yeah, I had week? one more thing I forgot to mention from the North Central Branch meeting, part of a symposium I organized. We had Brad Hopkins from Dow Sciences, and he was there representing IRAC, the Insecticide Resistance Management Committee. Uh, or action committee, which we had talked about before. And what he brought to the symposium was a little booklet that quickly summarizes the mode of action. It's great. Of, of insecticides? Yeah, this, all one, this one's Just all insecticides. Okay. And so if that's something that is of interest to you, your clients, family, you can get these little booklets free if you contact IRAC. So I'm going to put that information on there, too. That's hey, just a nice little reference. It's June, but it's never too early for no. stocking stuffers. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're Good. green. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being a little uh, facetious, but this is something we're going to give out in August when we have our field day that yep. touches on resistance for soybean aphids and nematodes. Um, That's right. Yeah. Registration is open. Oh, yeah. You're going to post that online? I'll put the link for the registration online. That's a really good idea. Sweet. Um, so never too early to sign up. Uh, limited enrollment, but... On the 17th of August. Yeah. Yep. Open for... Somewhere in the range of 20 to 50 people, and we'll walk through some um, demonstrations, some lectures, and uh, free handouts. Yep. Um, yeah, I, you mentioned this earlier about the branch meeting and the program. Uh, shout out to Jen White at University of Kentucky, who organized the Midwest Biocontrol Specialist um, Symposium. And the topic this year was on combining 
biocontrol and host plant resistance. And we had a couple of people from uh, Iowa, from Iowa, mm-hmm. one from Iowa State, Matt Kaiser, postdoc in our lab, and, and um, David Onstead from uh, Pioneer, Dow. Did I get that right? Dow Pioneer? DuPont Pioneer. Dow DuPont yeah. Pioneer. Dow, I th- uh, yes, I think it's all those. All I'm not sure if it's a new name or what, yeah. but yeah. But they were talking about, in general, those, and I think Adam Varenhorst from South Dakota State University, a uh, speaker from Minnesota, um, talking about how we might combine biological control, resistant insect-resistant plants for better management. And one of the topics was resistance management, that mm. biocontrol agents don't just suppress pests, but they may also help limit the occurrence of resistance in a population against, say, um, re- insect-resistant variety. So thanks to Jen and others for participating in that. Yeah. And that might be some of the stuff we'll talk about come August. Yeah, that'd be great. Anything else? Uh, we do have Pollinator Fest coming up again this year on June 24th at Ryman Gardens. And I can put a link to that for more information, but that's always a really nice event for kids yeah. and families. And this year it's free. It's totally free. Totally free. Uh, thanks to the kind contribution of a, an anonymous donor who wanted to support research and extension related to pollinators and bees. Is that you, Matt? No, oh, okay. no, 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 no. This is literally a, an anonymous donor uh, who very graciously put forth some uh, money to help support activities like Pollinator Fest. So thank you. You know who you are. And uh, I believe there's going to be activities uh, that will help Boy Scouts uh, achieve badges. Sweet. Along with just activities for people who want to learn more about bees, pollinators. Um, there'll be a honey tasting. There'll be uh, some, uh, what do they call those, bee hives that you can see inside. Mm observation hives okay yeah cool yeah anything else um i think we've covered it all right so you know where to find us google us at soybean entomology aaron sending out the tweets with the twitter at aaron w hodson all one word you can email us of course at o'neill at iastate.edu and ewh at iastate.edu And again, please encourage you to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast? That's a thing? It's a thing. All right. Yeah. And I'm following the instructions on the OCD template. Outro music. See you next week. Hit it. Hit it.